0: Super Talk, Mississippi Media Production. All free record on my count seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A.
1: To the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Happy Monday, if there is such a thing, and welcome to the Eagle Hour. This is Bob Dalton and Luke. We're broadcasting for the First Bank Studios in Laurel, Hattiesburg, uh, again today with a kickoff week edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us, and we thank you very much for tuning in. Opening segment of today's show, sponsored as it is every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Golden Eagles, Golden Eagle Athletics, and, of course, the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, and other great meats. They cook in-house every day. And don't forget, uh, Dickey's will cater any event for you, large or small. You can always sit back, relax, and and let Dickies do the cooking. Jack Duggan is going to be joining us later in the program to update us on the kickoff of fall camp football season as the Golden Eagles have hit the field again practicing and getting ready for the upcoming season. Al Holder will join us in just a moment to update how our Major League Baseball players formerly from Southern Miss are doing. And we're going to preview the New England Patriots and the AFC East a little later in the show. But first things first, uh, good afternoon to you, Luke. Hope you had a good weekend.
0: Excellent weekend. Uh, Just happy to... Hear about the Golden Eagles out on the practice field. And, uh, man, football's here. And just excited to talk about it. And always, you know, excited to talk baseball. But, man, uh, just seeing the black and gold on the practice field, uh, hearing about, you know, even some competitions from day one, it's exciting. And, and, uh, guys, we're only
2: 25 days from kickoff. All right, let's switch gears before we get too involved in football. Let's talk a little minor league baseball and how Golden Eagles, uh, formerly from the Southern Miss baseball program, of course, are doing around the world of minor league baseball. And who better uh, than our minor league baseball correspondent and expert? I understand broadcasting live today from his yacht somewhere off the Caribbean coast is the one and only Al Holder. Al, thanks for taking a break and talking to us. It's beautiful here in Aruba. You like it there, do you? Oh, it's it's just you know blue skies and green seas. It's just wonderful, right? And the little drinks with the umbrellas and uh, <laughs> exactly. women wa- women waving fans over your head yes, as you talk, yes, right? Yes, yes, hmm, yes. Just, just another day for you, right, Al? <laughs> it's just a typical day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. You're my major league go to guy. So uh, how how are our guys collectively doing right now?
3: Before I, I get to the minor leagues, I. You know, but Dozier has been really swinging the bat pretty good lately. Right. He is on track uh, right now for a, kind of a, along his career average, he's uh, his uh, uh, batting average is up to .242, 60, 16 home runs, 82 hits and 40 RBI. So, he's uh he's uh, starting to pick it up at the, at the right time for for the Nationals and so
2: Fair is it fair to say that I, that he's fit a little better? In Washington, with the Nats, that it appeared he fit when he went to Los Angeles last year.
3: I think so. Uh, they, they seem to have a lot of people around him up there, which uh, you know is always good for a hitter. You know, and uh, he—he—I've uh, uh, I, I, watched a few games, and I think he's—he uh, uh, he, just—he's not swinging at bad pitches, which because mm-hmm. he can wait on a good pitch. So yeah. I think he's uh, been playing better. No question about is it. Is he an everyday starter with the Nationals? How? No, uh, they, they run Kendrick in there some, but uh, he's pro- he probably starts two thirds to three quarters of the games. He's playing it. a lot more now because he's swinging the bat better. I he's always been. I don't solid. know if you
0: guys uh, saw this, but he actually got a an inning of relief. The the Nationals were getting blown out Saturday uh, by the Diamondbacks it was like eighteen to four. So Brian came in and pitched the entire eighth inning, gave up two runs, uh, but he, he got uh, the last guy to fly out on I think it was a sixty nine mile an hour fastball.
2: I swear I did not see that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> is that a joke? Are you kidding about that, Luke? I'm serious, yeah. he's,
0: he's now has a career ERA of, of 18. So uh, I'm pretty sure they'll keep him at second base.
2: <laughs> I didn't see that. That's cool. How about that, huh? All right, you keep me in touch uh, with uh, Paul Bunyan. How is he doing, Al? Uh,
3: Matt, Matt Walner, is, uh, he's still with Elizabethtown, uh, rookie it uh, looks like he's he may finish there i'm not sure because they're about to wind this up uh here in august and and uh but he's played in 40 games he's had uh 154 at bats, 43 hits 15 doubles three home runs 19 rbis and he's betting 279 the, the he's got 52 strikeouts i'm I, I i just think he's i still think he's a sucker for a slider and uh because he, he, he likes the ball down, he, you know. He did, but uh, I'm gonna tell you the hardest hit ball I saw him hit all year was uh, somewhere above the letters over there at LSU. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he just crushed that ball. I don't know why he can't keep his eyes up, but I'm sure they'll work with him. But
2: uh, uh, right. Yeah. So you play the whole baseball season. They started practicing back in January. Here he is still playing. Yeah. Uh, that, that's got that right there has to be tough on these young guys that. That leave college baseball and go into that rookie ball. Am I right about that?
3: I think so. It, it, it's just a long, long season. But it, again, you know these these are these are kids, and you know they wake up wanting to get dirty today and swing a bat, and that's just uh, right. so. Uh, but he's going to get some uh, uh, he's going to get some time off uh, here, probably in about a month. And,
2: right, right. All right, go going down your list. Let, get, uh, give our listeners what you think they need to know. I,
3: I, I'm still high on Chuckie Robinson. I uh, he's a double A Corpus Christi right now. You know he's for the uh, Astros, and uh, he, he's uh, his, his batting average is 216. two sixteen. Said sixty four hits, seven home runs. His striking, he's still striking out uh, a good bit. Ninety eight strikeouts in uh, eighty two games. Mm-hmm. But uh, those catchers, are, you know, if, if you're really good behind the plate, you can you can run. A, a batting average of two twenty two thirty, and, and uh, you can play a lot of baseball up in the in the majors. So we'll see what happens to him. But I think, I think they really like that kid, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's got a good shot at the Astros too. It looks like, looks like uh, they've got a couple of guys over there, but they're not they're they're not top line guys. And so we'll see what happens. Good. Uh,
2: good. Kirk, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm. I said good.
3: Uh, Kurt McCarty is, is you know he's he was injured for a while. He's injured reserve for a while. He's two and four, five forty ERA. He's been in eight games, pitched thirty one innings, forty three hits, thirty three strikeouts, and six base on balls. I like that about that. Thirty three strikeouts, six base on balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taylor Braley is zero and five, and uh, his ERA is three point five four. He's pitched eighty one innings, and uh, his strikeouts are fifty three to eleven base on balls. So that's also good. Um mm-hmm. uh, J.C. Keyes is not pitching very much. He's only pitched in 14 innings. He's been used in some relief. Uh, he's had 21 strikeouts, 7 base on balls. And so his ERA is 3.77, giving up 12 hits. So I like that. A guy that's disappointed me is uh, Luke Reynolds. He's, uh, he's an A advance for the Cubs uh, Myrtle Beach Club. 199 batting average, 70 strikeouts in 50, 58 games thirty nine hits so i he he's got he's got to pick it up, but uh, I don't know what the situation is there uh but I, I tell you what I was over at the Braves the other night, and uh some of these kids in double I mean, they're throwing mid nineties and the sliders are just disappearing I don't know where these kids are getting all this, but they they're really it's a it's a big difference there.
2: So when you're playing double A baseball, you're you're against some pretty stiff competition night night in night out.
3: I think uh, better pitching than hitting. In other words, uh, if you're a really good hitter, you're coming out of college or high school. That's one thing, but the pitch the pitchers nowadays are. Uh, I mean, I remember when when it got through ninety miles an hour. You know, he was he was right up there, and and right now he, <laughs> Your ball buddy bu to be breaking two feet if you're throwing ninety miles an hour because those guys are just sitting on you waiting for a mistake and they're gonna kill it mm-hmm. but uh it yeah everybody's got uh, got big muscles and the ball's just really really coming mm-hmm. and the the pitchers they've got to teach sliders nowadays that are they're just unhittable
2: right all right one minute left out outside of Dozier who obviously is the established star from Southern miss uh-huh. what couple of kids seem to be making the most progress seem to be doing the best professionally
3: well I think even though Sandlin is, is down for the year he's he's got a bright future uh the barring injury he's got a bright future I think I think he'll go into spring uh, training with the big club and uh, I think he will more than likely, start out in AAA trying to uh, trying to figure out where he is and everything. And I fully expect him to be with the uh, with uh, the Indians uh, uh, sometime during the year next year. I, I, I look for that to happen, barring mm-hmm. an injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he'll be a set setup uh, kind of a guy, a situational guy, uh, somebody to change the pace uh, in the middle of a game. You know, when you've got somebody out there that's been throwing ninety five all day long and They'll bring him in to change the pace, and the ball's going to come from different places.
2: Right. I, I think
3: he's got a bright future if he'd stay healthy. Yeah.
2: All right, my man. And, we, we always thank you. We're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, look, go back. Get another, get another one of them little fruity drinks. Tell them to pick up the uh, waving of the uh, grape leaves uh, and, and enjoy Aruba the rest of the day. We appreciate you taking a break.
3: I think I'm headed over to Dominica.
2: Okay, well, you do that. And You keep me in mind. Would you do that, Al? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll see you. One and only Al Holder, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back.
1: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Our thanks to Al Holder for joining us, updating us on uh, minor league baseball and how the former Golden Eagles are doing in uh, the professional world of baseball. We always appreciate Al's input. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. You can bet new football stuff is arriving every day at Campus Bookmart. It'd be a great time to go down probably and save a lot of money on spring and summer apparel. I'm sure they're getting in a lot of long-sleeve shirts and uh, T-shirts and what have you. And, of course, football. School books with school just around the corner. You can buy, rent, or trade your school books at Campus Book Mart as well. And, uh, gosh, I hate to say this, but uh, right over the horizon, people begin to think a little bit about the holidays. I shudder to even think of that. But, uh uh, never too early, I guess, to start your Christmas shopping. Ooh, did I say that? And you could do that at Campus Book Mart or online at CampusBookMart.net. All right. Uh, the old left-hander, Jack Duggan, will be joining us uh, in the third segment to update us on Southern Miss football fall camp. But, uh, of course, the big guys are also in fall camp as well. So we continue our visit around the league. Luke and I today visiting uh, in the AFC over in the Eastern Division where – Luke, the New England, the New England Patriots are kings. They've won ten straight division titles, sixteen of the last nineteen division titles. They were eleven and five last year, and that was their worst record in nine years. Eleven and five. Tom Brady is back. Gronk is gone, but Brady's back. They've, in strength their, uh, they've increased their strength at running back. Uh, they've gone out. Uh, they feel like they've improved themselves at wide receiver. Uh, Unless something really out of the the ozone happens, I think New England wins the uh, AFC East and probably makes a serious run at the Super Bowl. So let's just start at the top uh, in the AFC East. Uh, Do you see any, any end to the New England dynasty?
0: Well, Kelly brought up a good point last week, and it's just because the Patriots have ruled because they are, you know, the Patriots. At the same time, this is one of the, uh, you know, the the easiest divisions in 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 professional football. Uh, the Patriots hadn't been challenged, you know, when you're the only team uh, with a winning record, you know, in your division. The last few years, it kind of makes it easy, and so when you win the division. Uh, and eight of or uh, six of your games are coming against easy you know teams. Then I mean you lock in home field advantage for the playoffs. So I mean that's one reason. And the other reason are they are the Patriots. Gronk's the uh, the glaring issue. They brought Ben Watson in, and if you've ever, if you've covered his, his track at all, uh, when he retired from professional football, he took, uh, some, some things his doctor told him to, to take to help his body recover. And then he got pegged with a four game suspension. So the tight end they were counting on, uh, he, they're without him the first four games. But, you know, just when you think that the Patriots might be running out of gas, uh, they go out and they, and they draft, uh, Nikhil Harry from Arizona State, 6'4", huge receiver. They pick up Demarius Thomas, and they have Edelman. So I mean, it's like you lose Gronk, and uh, but but you get you know two dynamic receivers. Demaryius Thomas was a was a number one for Denver you know, and this, a few years back. So uh, they, then they go out in free agency. They get Jamie Collins to bolster their defense. Uh, you just wonder, um, eventually, you know, with, with so many of their coaches, and we'll talk about this when we get to Miami, so many of their coaches leaving uh, to, to get different jobs in the NFL, you just wonder how long it can hang on. But for this year, I mean, it's the Patriots division, and if they don't win it, something bad has happened.
2: Second-best team in the league last year in that conference, rather, was, um, was Miami. They won seven games last year, but they've got a new coach. Uh, Brian Flores is the new coach. Uh, what I read, they're pretty well depleted offensively and defensively on the line of scrimmage. They lost a lot of key players. They bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and James Rosen as their two quarterbacks uh, and uh, hope, to, hope to go from there. But uh, I don't know. It looks like to me the Miami Dolphins have a long, long way to go.
0: They do, and you're looking what they did at the quarterback. They grabbed Fitzpatrick, who's 36. Uh, You know, he was with Todd Munkin last year, threw for a lot, but uh, then you know you got replaced by Jameis Winston. So I mean, is that a really a quarterback? You know, you want to lead your team. Uh, They 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 traded for uh, Josh Rosen, who went tenth overall last year from the Cardinals. Um, But uh, you know, reports are early on that Fitzpatrick is beating him out. Uh, The only really magic that the that the Dolphins will have. You, you have two guys coming from New England so Flores was the linebacker coach for uh, the Patriots uh, he comes in as a head coach and then this is the southern miss connection with Miami uh, Chad O'Shea who was my special teams coordinator my first two years at Southern miss uh, he's been with the Patriots for the last nine or ten years and uh, he was the wide receiver coach there he comes in as the offensive coordinator so you you know it looks like Miami was was trying to grab some of you know, Belichick's uh, pixie dust and bring it to Miami and there's a lot of shuffling inside Inside this division and so you got two guys now at the Patriots are with the Dolphins now that that know this division better than anyone else I don't think that that much coaching can can uh, you know overcome uh where the Dolphins will end up but this is a team that's finished second in the division the last uh two out of three years but I still think they'll have a losing record and they'll probably finish third in the division
2: Buffalo Bills were 6-10 and ten in last year. They've improved their offensive line uh, during the offseason, worked toward that end, I should say, as well as their skill player set. They bring back uh, Josh Allen, their second-year quarterback. Sean McDermott is their coach. They appear to be a team, a young team, up and coming, but again, uh, how much ground can you gain against the Patriots?
0: Well, I mean, in this division, you're just looking for a winning record and to finish second. You know, you you won't – if you can get nine wins, you got a good chance at at a wild card, and the Bills would take that. It's going to base off, you know, how Josh Allen does – Uh, last year, 52% completion rate. He's, he's has, probably has one of the best arms in the NFL. Uh, scouts were just drooling over his ability. He could throw the ball, you know, 70, 75 yards in the air. Uh, he's got to be a whole lot better. He's got to be a game manager. But you talked about their line of scrimmage. Uh, they had LaShawn McCoy, but they go in and they, and they bring in three other running backs. So that, that's their commitment to offset some of the pressure on Allen. So they beefed up their offensive line. They brought in Frank Gore, who's, man, I don't know how much more tread Frank Gore but that, that's like a lifetime warranty. I mean, that dude has been running for 12 years or so. They bring in T.J. Yeldon, who's an experienced back, and then they drafted in the third round Devin Singletary. Southern Miss fans will recognize that name. He, he scored about 60 uh, touchdowns at FAU, uh, and they took a third-round pick on him. So the, so the Bills are committed to running the football, which is what you need you know, in the AF, AFC East, but it's all going to depend on how much uh, improvement uh, Josh Allen does this year.
2: The Jets seem to be the media's choice to have the best chance of challenging New England, if there is anybody. Of course, Adam Case is the new coach. Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh is in the Jets camp now. Sam Donald, their second-year quarterback. Also new defensive coordinator, Saints fans will remember. Greg Williams, a former Saints DC, is now the defensive coordinator for the Jets. The Jets only won four games last year. So they have a long road ahead of them. But, again, they appear to be the meatiest choice for the second-best team in that division.
0: Well, Gase comes in from Miami, so your head guy knows the division. And then they really went out and tried to get playmakers on both sides of the ball. They, they signed Le'Veon Bell, and uh, you know he set out all last year uh, when he didn't play for the Steelers. So, so they went out and got probably the a top – two or three running back in the lead. And then they go out and they sign CJ Mosley, the linebacker, uh, I think he's four for four on Pro Bowls in his first four years. They get him from Baltimore. Bob set a record, five years eighty-five million, paying him 17 million dollars a year uh, to be their kind of cornerstone. They go out and they get you know they get Greg Williams. And uh I, again it's kind of like the Bills, but when you got a back like Le'Veon Bell uh, you free up Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold out of USC, he's a young kid, but people really think he could be a franchise quarterback. Completed about 58% of his passes last year. Uh, but, but the Jets, uh, you, you being a lifelong football fan and, and me the same, the Jets are the Jets. The Jets are gonna find a way to mess something up. I mean, they just, They just will, you know, whether it's drafting Ken O'Brien over Dan Marino or it's
2: just,
0: you know, not doing things when they should. Uh, The Jets kind of have a a smidgen, a a little bit of the buzz that Cleveland has uh, simply because they've got some, went out and got some key, really good players. Uh, But it'll just depend on, again, everybody's playing for second fiddle in this division.
2: I would say, obviously, New England wins the uh, division. Uh, I would look for the Jets maybe to finish second, the Bills third, and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins in the rear. What do you think?
0: If you get yeah, it, if you get good play out of um, Josh Allen, the Bills could find a way to, to sneak up to, to second. Uh, but this is the you're looking with the Patriots. The Patriots might have a 12 or 13 win season. Now, I just think they're going to smoke everybody else. Miami doesn't have the weapons uh, to keep up with everybody else. They're clearly in a rebuilding mode now. And to be honest, how are you going to how are you going to beat teams uh, when you have an unproven second year kid and you have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback? So I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Jets are going to finish second, but Buffalo, with a couple wins, they could maybe jump. But again, it, it, the second team in the league is not going to have nine wins. They may be the best, second best team, no. maybe
2: eight and eight. Well, here's another thing you look at too. You know. Uh, uh, two of these teams have second-year quarterbacks. One has a, a you know really old quarterback and a, and a second-year guy that didn't even have a good rookie year. They all have very young coaches, and they're all against uh, the coach and Tom Brady. Uh, this one seems to be the easiest of all of them to pick, don't you think?
0: Absolutely, and just for Southern Miss fans, uh, Cornell Armstrong plays cornerback for the Dolphins and Jamie Collins, of course, linebacker for the Patriots. And, and I think Jamie Collins will win a division uh, this year with uh, that surrounding cast in New England.
2: All right, when we come back, Jack Duggan got to get us up to speed on fall football camp at Southern Miss. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour continues right after this.
0: to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Southern Miss memorabilia, uh, trivia night, and uh, just some really good food. Check out Facebook and and, and go check out 4th Street Bar and Grill specials. they get got daily specials, weekly specials. Leading up to football season, they have... uh, 65-cent wings every Tuesday night, and that's our friends over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the... Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We are uh, in the process trying to get Jack Duggan on the line uh, to talk some some fall camp, but I'll tell you what, Bob, it is August the 5th. We are 25 days away from kickoff, and uh, I just can't tell you how excited I am that to know that there are pads, black and gold, and 110 guys getting after it in preseason right now.
2: Well, here to tell us all about it is uh, who else do you go to when you need information about Southern Miss Athletics? You find the old left-hander, Jack Duggan, fresh, rested, and tanned from a summer of traveling Europe and the Caribbean, I'm sure, and uh, back now ready for football, are you, Jack?
1: No, oh, I am, Bob. You know it. How you doing, man? Good, yourself? You guys have a good summer? Yeah, we did, and yourself? I can't complain. I can't complain. Just... Uh to get going with football so. you know
2: jack it's just it just turned August and and I'm hearing last night about some of the schools headed back here in the next week or so and here we are the fifth of August and you guys are out there at football practice is it just me or, or does it just seem that it's just much earlier than it was ten years ago
1: yeah it, it, it does I mean it's just it i guess when you get older everything goes quicker <laughs> but uh uh yeah just see it seems like uh the last out was recorded during the baseball season yeah. just a couple of days ago but but here we are we're we're uh as I just heard luke say twenty five days from the first kickoff and uh we're just excited i know I know our guys are. We're out there practicing hard, and uh, you know, it looks they look good. I mean, they 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 uh, <laughs> you know, we're finally back up. I think to around eighty five scholarships out there, so you can tell it's 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 noticeably different with the the amount of depth that we have out on the practice field out in the Joe at the Joe P Park practice facility that we have just across the street from the Duff Athletic Center. All right, Luke.
0: Jack, uh, just kind of bring our listeners up. It seems like everybody reported uh, on Thursday, and then to bring our listeners up to date. What's been happening through today?
1: Well, they reported on Thursday. Uh, they went through some of the guys who had not been on, who had not been on campus, uh, did physicals, and then uh, we had uh, we had. A, a, Player shoot where we had individual headshots done that day had about ninety guys show up for that and then uh you know they had some equipment fitting for to to get ready for for this week um uh and you know a few other things before they had a team meeting at two o'clock and then they had dinner and then they went back into a, another team meeting where they you know they go through a lot of the uh nCA stuff that they have to 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 get finished uh uh, or or just kind of the the the, the paperwork uh, before you, you can just get started uh you know now all that being getting reporting back getting into school so um so they did that and friday morning they started practice so friday and saturday they were just in helmets and shorts and uh i think um, i think you know the what what coach Hobson told me after practice Saturday, you know, just trying to get the fundamentals back uh you know making sure that uh that uh that the the repetitions are back the way they want them and and uh the technique is there and and just getting that first step before they went into um uh shoulder pads and shorts today, they'll do that again tomorrow before they'll go into full pads uh later in the week, so it's just uh you know, football is is, is it's, it's 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 very structured, as you know, Luke. And and uh, you know, they 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 do different things every day, but you know, a lot of times they do a lot of different, a lot of the same things as well. Right. So so, uh, but it's it is uh it is an interesting to see how they get 110 guys ready to play a football <laughs> game.
0: Yeah. It's uh it, it is it just amazing how it all comes together. One of the things that we've been hearing uh, out of the first three practices is man, just you can see the impact of coach uh, Jim Durning's uh off-season strength and conditioning program. That that's kind of been one of the glaring things uh, just has stood out to everybody observing the first three practices.
1: Well, I, th- I think that, that that they are in great shape. Uh I know that they, and they've they've been doing um, um you know post practice uh conditioning as well so uh you know just trying to you know it was it's funny someone told me the other day that that uh, you know it's fine to get into to, to shape but then you got to also get into football shape which is you know just yeah. getting out there getting into the pads and and getting going and uh so far so far everything looks really good uh in that aspect and I think our guys are uh our guys are really um Kind of answered the bell there,
2: Jack. From your perspective, uh, this time of the year get really busy for sports information directors. What what all comes down on you guys, uh, you and your you know your fellow SIs around the league uh, when you get this close to the season?
1: Well, just uh, putting together, I guess, some some sort of media guide to get that ready for the season. Also, uh, you got to do. Um, uh again we do a game program which kind of is transitioned into a yearbook uh feverishly trying to get that finished um you know with me doing baseball i kind of it kind of gets me behind um and so uh so it's, i kind of play catch up during the summer um but there's other things too we we, we uh uh Ask for a credential request from the media. We'd have to fulfill those requests as we get closer to the season. Uh, make sure we got our parking area, uh, for the home season. And then, you know, there's probably a hundred other little things. I mean, uh, any, anywhere from, from, uh, you know making sure the press box is right making sure the copier is good up in the press box to uh, putting your roster together for your computer stat stat program I mean there's just so many little little things that that, that you just have to get done uh, before the season gets started it's just it's kind of too hard to name too many to name rather
2: how, how far out do you really is everybody get started working on ready for opening day for the opening kickoff game Game, uh, at the rock I, I would think maybe preparations are already started
1: oh yeah there's no doubt i mean uh i probably start later than most just because of my situation but uh i mean there's guys that there's guys that uh, uh i'm sure at some of the different schools at least even in conference usa that'll they'll get started you know as, as soon as spring practice uh mm-hmm. gets over and uh and you know that's, usually middle middle of April, so um you know they have that luxury of 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 that time to to kind of where they can prepare and they can you know not have anything that uh, kind of come up and surprise them as we get closer to the season so you know we 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 used to do a media guide you know a formal media guide um you know, several years ago, now ours is mostly a, uh, which was a recruiting piece, uh, as well as a, a source of information. And we've kind of got away from that because you can't give those to recruits anymore. So, so, so we, we call them almanacs now. We basically make those, um, you know, record books and, and, uh, with, with information on, on, our players and our coaches and just what we feel is pertinent uh, to not only our media, but to the TV, our TV partners that cover us during the year.
2: And is there, co- is there coordination between you and, say, the SI, in this case, the opening game would be Alcorn State, coordination right. between the SIs, between the uh, opposing teams as you get closer to uh, games?
1: Yeah, usually about, uh, probably a couple of weeks out, uh, cause there's, there's several things that you need from them. Uh, you need, you need a roster, uh, usually kind of in, 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 in a word processing form that you can give to, to your, to whoever's doing your game program. Uh, and, and we could also use for what we put together on game day, which is a flip card, which consists of, um, both teams rosters, both teams depth charts, uh, uh stats of of each team, um, uh schedules and results for each team. It's 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 basically everything everything you need to know on game day in a nutshell, which is in in one little convenient uh piece of paper. Now it's it's a little bit bigger. I think it's 11 by 17. We've made it Bigger about five or six, well, maybe seven or eight years ago, uh, which is it's a pretty it's a pretty fancy little document that we use on game day. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and also uh, we get stuff for them for our, our weekly game notes that we also produce uh, for each game during the season. So uh, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's not just open the opening the press box on game day. Uh, I mean it's 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 a. Uh, there's a each week is is a cycle. Uh, as it were, and and uh, each day kind of means something different as you as you head towards game week or game day on Saturday.
2: And then there's always having to deal with the Luke Johnsons and Bob Gettys of the world on top of all, everything else. Jack. That's
1: very that's very true. Always always busting my chops on game week, <laughs> especially when we're at home.
2: All right, buddy. Good <laughs> talking to you as always, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show.
1: No problem, guys. Y'all have a good one. Y'all come on. Y'all come on out to practice.
2: All right, we'll do it. Jack okay, Duggan, everybody. Sports Information Director for the Golden Eagles. We'll be right back.
1: hour the eagle hour southern miss to the top
0: gulfport home center brings you the fourth segment of the eagle hour every day check them out online gulfporthomecenter.ms or go see them on highway 49 in gulfport the largest inventory of used and manufactured housing Anywhere around Gulfport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. Appreciate the uh, Al Holder joining us in that first segment and the old left-hander joining us. Talking about camp, Bob, I know uh, back in, in the day you covered uh – uh many camps including uh, southern miss even got to cover uh, new orleans but man i have so many memories of early august I, when when we just would move into to van hall especially those of us that that stayed off campus you would move into van hall and you would bond you would eat uh, in, in that cafeteria every morning at 5:30 uh you would go to the commons at lunch and and at night and uh, there's just something about camp i mean at, at that point in time there was nobody else on campus uh you were we were we we were the only people in the commons uh but but there's just something about football camp that kind of you know everything kicks in and you say man it's here
2: do you think something has been lost in the respect that now football players don't live in Manhall? hall And then they're spread all over town, I guess, living in apartments in various places. But wasn't that an important part of football, was that bonding and and all the memories that you guys have from Van Hall? Well,
0: I mean, they they required it, uh, you know, for – for for two a days and a part of it was that bonding and have everybody you know together and put us through a grind i can remember uh early in the morning latrell pollard would blow an air horn and you would say okay it's it's time it was like five fifteen. 15 you know, get up and stumble your way down but yeah you know some of that has been lost but the way coach bauer was you could live off campus uh but only if uh you, your your grades kept up you know and, and so it was almost a reward to do that but you know even some of the guys that lived off campus uh they they would live together or they would live kind of in the same apartment complex. Right. But, man, to be honest, you were with those guys, you know, six hours a day. And so uh, th- there was some things that happened in the dorm that allowed for additional bonding. But, man, if you have a good camp together, a lot of that takes care of itself. Mm-hmm.
2: I was telling you about the Saints camps that I got to cover, and, and I was telling you off air, the, the one thing I remember more than anything about covering the New Orleans Saints was the food. You would live for the next meal. They brought chefs in from New Orleans, and those guys just ate like absolute kings. And it was a long time ago, but but I can remember seeing the you know the the first day how shocked I was at the first meal because the players, they'd have two plates. They'd have a plate filled with meat and then a plate filled with you know with with everything else and that's that was kind of getting started so uh yeah it was uh, it was great fun covering new orleans that's for sure it's an exciting when, time of the year in football when uh you start seeing preseason games you know that the, the colleges are gathering back up and starting to practice and pretty soon i guess the kids will be coming back into school and uh I don't know. You know, it's a great time of the year. My, my only regret, Luke, is they started so daggum early. It just seems like it's just still summertime, you know?
0: Well, you know, you moved school back a couple weeks. And originally, you know, I can remember in high school, 2 days we were up there the first of August, and school didn't start for another 10 to 12 days. Just how they revised the school schedule, you know, throughout the year uh, has, has made them, you know, start a little earlier. But, uh, but, but back to, to cafeteria stuff, I can remember coming in, um, you know, I was a decent-sized guy, but you know, coming in as a as a kicker, I can remember there was a an offensive lineman, great teammate of mine, named Neil Mead, and uh, he came out of Collins High School, uh, was was all-state, six five 330. He and I, at both eighteen years old, went through the line together. I got four chicken strips, and he got twenty. And at that point, I said, yeah, I'm not a big guy at all. Not at all. Uh, it, it It was wild. And some of these meetings we would have, Bob, I think I've shared this maybe a long time ago, but they brought a nutritionist in. And he was just old dry guy and you know, he was trying to answer all the questions, you know, men, if you have any questions, please ask. We had a couple guys in our team that started messing with him. So this is an actual team meeting live guest nutritionist and guys start basically picking his brain about everything on the taco bell menu uh yes sir uh can we eat uh nacho Bell grande at eight o'clock at night and he took it seriously like son uh you know it's, it's probably not good to take in uh, that many carbs you know that oh well but what about uh, what about that big bean burrito can we can we eat that and it went on for about five minutes and somebody had to step in and just shut them down but man you clowning this time of year and that's the way you get through the grind is just you find ways
2: like that to do it it was great great memories so, Alcorn, then Mississippi State. Am I correct? Yep. Then Troy, then Alabama. Is that how it pans out the first month? And then
0: uh, you, I think you play UTEP, and then you got a week off to prep for North Texas. So, uh, man, it's going to be a grind. Uh, really, the, the first month. I mean, you, you you know, Alcorn, you'll you'll be able to take care of them. But at the same time, uh, you got to work your kinks out because that that this three game road swing is one of the hardest in probably the last five
2: years to six years that the Eagles have had to go through. So, tell for for people that have never experienced it, describe this, Luke. What will player what will be the difference? I want you to get this out real quickly. What will be the difference for the players when they play all corn and then the next week they line up against Mississippi State? What is the basic difference they'll see?
0: Probably size. Um, you know, the speed'll speed'll be Remotely there, but it'll just be the size, and it will be you know a, a few ticks off in the in the forty times. But it's just uh, it'll be ahead in the scheme. And, and so the way that you view Alcorn is you 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 show some stuff, but you're saving everything really in your book for Mississippi
2: State. All right. All right, that wraps it up. Just about out of time. Be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss
1: to the top to
2: the sea.